All right, it looks like we're live. Hello, everybody. This is Heather Gray with Discovering Health, and you're on today with Talking Shit with Heather. And today I've got my very, very first guest ever, Miss Lois Thompson. I'm so excited to have you. How are you doing today, Lois? I'm great. Thanks so much, Heather, for having me on. Absolutely. So talking shit is, is two ways of talking shit. One way I talk with other practitioners and sometimes we actually talk about literal shit, you know, parasites, bacteria, yeast, gut health, that sort of stuff. And then I've got other folks who I have on, like such as yourself, who is more of an energetic healer. And the talking shit that I really want to kind of dive into is, is, you know, what brought you into your line of work, right? Um, it's, I, I, it's a little tongue in cheek, obviously. So tongue in cheek. Um, so talking shit, you know, for me, you know, there was a history of childhood trauma, right? There was a history of sexual abuse. There was addiction. There was, you know, all this stuff that has become, it's still in a lot of circles taboo to talk about, right? But it's when we bring that stuff out into the light is when the healing can happen. <clears throat> and so that's really what I'm wanting to do is, 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 talk shit, you know, bring that darkness into the light, right? And so right. that way we can heal it, we can transform it, we can learn from it. And so um, what's your what's your talking shit story today, Miss Lois? What brought you to the line of work that you do? And what is it that you actually do? And, and, and how do you work with folks? Sure. Well, I couldn't agree with you more about um, bringing shit to the light <laughs> and releasing it. So I have a similar story of um, childhood events, um, sexual abuse, um, other kinds of issues that uh, were unheard when I did speak about them um, to you know the people that were taking care of me, my parents. And for whatever reason, they couldn't hear it. They didn't do anything about it. And so um, I did what most people do um, is bury it. Mm. And what ended up happening were multiple things. One is my physical health took a toll because of being sexually abused, I believe is the root cause of um, obesity that I um, struggled with um, as child, uh, young adult. And I mean, I still have weight challenges, but you know, today. Um, <clears throat> but my first career, I was, I was a respiratory therapist. So I was raised on a farm. I was thought that I was going to be a farmer's wife I, or a veterinarian because I didn't know anything else. But I took this test in high school and they're like, oh, you should be somewhere in healthcare. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And respiratory therapy showed up for me. And oh my goodness, it was a perfect fit. Because now that I'm looking back, I realize I was doing healing work that I had no idea that that's technically what I was doing. Because I look back to how I was guided to communicate with people, especially as, as a respiratory therapist, often um, if someone is in the dying stages and they need assistance with breathing, um, you as a respiratory therapist, you go in and help provide the breath. But I was always led to talk to them. Um, you know, here's what's going on. We're touching your chest. It's all okay. My, you know, and I would say my name and, and back then I got made fun of because I was a young, very, very young, like 19, 20 year old doing this. But now that I look back 
I believe that not just me, we, I believe that everyone who's, most everyone who's doing some kind of healing work, you do healing work, even though you don't call yourself a healer because you're healing the gut, right? Um, is, is there because they're trying to heal themselves first. And that's the best kind of healer. Someone who's actually dug in and done their own thing. Absolutely. So as I um, moved through my life, I absolutely adored respiratory therapy. I ended up getting married, having children. And then what ended up happening was after I gave birth to my third child, my body started attacking itself in an, in an autoimmune kind of way. And it took 18 months, multiple, multiple, multiple doctor's appointments, being told all sorts of things like all moms of three feel this way. This is just stress. You know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that until they finally came around to a diagnosis um, of a really rare autoimmune disorder, which I don't really want to name right now, but um, it mimicked MS. It was not MS, mimicked MS. So we know those kind of symptoms and I became very sick. And some days I was very, very sick and some, you know, and it was cyclical and I never knew when it was going to happen. But long story short, also- hold on, hold on, hold on. How did it affect you? Oh, it affected me. I had a tremendous amount of physical pain. Mm. Um, there were times that even clothing hurt. Um, <laughs> I had three children and I couldn't hold my, you know, and hug my babies. Um, it, oh, the exhaustion was unbelievable. Uh, and at one point, uh, my bladder stopped working and I ended up having to catheterize myself for a total of four years, which means if you don't know what a catheterization is, you have to stick a, a tube into your bladder to release the urine. And um, it's, it's uh, not comfortable, we'll put it that way. So at the same time that this was going on, um, right around the very first part of it, I mentioned about how I buried the emotions. I started having what are called flashbacks and I had no idea what flashbacks were. All I know is I started having these wide awake nightmares and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I was uh, guided away from therapy at the time because I was um, in a church that didn't believe in therapists unless they were their therapist. Right. And so I felt very guilty, but I really felt I was losing myself. So I found a therapist and we started uncovering those old memories and started dealing with them. And so that's when I became really interested in emotions and memories, but I didn't know anything yet about energy. You know, often we're taught and we're not well taught as children about emotions, unless you have a very um, progressive parent, let's say that. I mean, if, if I, I typically, when I'm working with somebody, I'll say, okay, name all the emotions that you can think of in the next two minutes. And we usually get about five or six in and they're like, uh, 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 it's common. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with five that. or six. I think I can name 
three, <laughs> right? Right, you know, typically we think of anger, we think of sadness, we think of happiness, you know, and there is such a variety and variations. But what we especially aren't taught is that there are energies attached to those emotions. I'm gonna get into that in a little bit. So Great. at any rate, I'm gonna fast forward 15 years. I was sick for 15 years. And while wow, raising three young ones. Yes. And my husband is and was just amazing during that period. So oh, I had help. I did not have that kind of support raising my kid when I was sicko. So yay for him. Yeah, he's he's a gem. <laughs> he's a gem. So my body had totally shut down. I couldn't keep weight on. Um, I was 103 pounds um, at about five foot six. I could only either be um, bedridden or in a wheelchair if for some reason we were going out. And um, the neurologist who was taking care of this issue was uh, a specialist. There were only 75 people in the U.S. that had been diagnosed with this at that time. Um, my husband on December 6th of 2006 pushed me into the neurologist office and the neurologist, well, let's say he did not have a personality because the desk had more personality than this neurologist. I don't know if anyone's had a healthcare provider who, especially when they don't know what to do for you, they just <laughs> become disconnected. Yeah. So he so drolly said, there's nothing more we can do for you. You only have months left to live. Well, guess what? Oh. He wasn't wrong. At that moment, he wasn't wrong because the trajectory that I was on would have meant death. Over, so because I was a respiratory therapist, I kept really good records of everything that was happening to me over those 15 years. And I went back after this whole situation. I had been on over a hundred different prescription medications in that 15 years. And at one point I was on 15 different prescriptions. Just throwing shit at a wall. It sticks. really was throwing shit on a wall and saw what sticks. But here's what happened. I had no idea what was, it was mystical in some way. And it almost seems impossible to believe, but I know that this happened. As he said that, I heard it, a voice that said, you're not done yet. What? What was that? <laughs> I still can't name it. Was it my higher self? Was it spirit? Was it God? I don't know, but I heard that. And it astounded me and also scared me. And because I thought now I'm hearing voices, great. <laughs> you know, another prescription please not, not only am i going to die now and hearing voices okay <laughs> fantastic well i'll tell you what i grieved that my kids were still my oldest was maybe 16 at the time and my other you know younger 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 so the and um where do you go from there so I had a lot of really miraculous things line up. Many of us might call it um, serendipity. Sometimes you'll just call it um, 
luck, <laughs> but I had a friend across who lived nearby who also had a disease and she had been going to a naturopathic physician here in Erie. Now, remember, I was a respiratory therapist. I was all about the medical model. I believed and I believed I gave my power away because I didn't question anything. <laughs> Doctor said, you need this. I said, okay, let's try it because I didn't know better. My friend said, you know, I, I'm, I went and saw this person and would you go? Now, because you've already, you know, um, referenced and called this talking shit with Heather, I think I can use this word. At that point, I was so desperate, I would have drank monkey piss if it would have <laughs> done something for me, right? And I think, Heather, you probably see um, clients like that as well, you know, desperate oh, for I something outside of the medical model, right? Absolutely. If you told me to jump, I said, how high? Like I would have, same thing. A lot of the stuff I remember taking back then that tasted horrible are jacked up side effects, but I would continue to take it because I was desperate and I just needed something to have hope. Right, right. Well, what ended up happening is I went to this naturopathic physician and she um, did her thing, but I think what I really had happen is I took my power back that day. If this doctor wasn't going to help me and I was going to die anyways, what can I do to make it different? And so I began on the holistic pathway. Now, what I wanna make sure is that we do a really good definition of what holistic is. Holistic doesn't mean alternative and it doesn't, or, or complementary. I don't like, I don't care for the word alternative. I prefer complementary. It goes along with holistic. The definition is more about seeing the whole person right. and, and not just not medical. I think that we have, um, you know, media has turned it into, if it's holistic, it means that it's not as good as, or something along that line, especially coming from the medical community like I did. So this naturopathic physician saw me as a whole person. It wasn't just about what my body was doing, what was going on in my mind. I was unpacking having been sexually abused. And that in and of itself, once I started unpacking that through um, different holistic methods, um, acupuncture, acupressure, um, qigong, um, and it continued with therapy. I like the idea that if you are on a holistic pathway, um, it's both and. We're not saying you can't you know, see a physician. Um, it happened this week. I had a little ankle injury this week. I fell down some steps. Uh, the first thing I did was go to a doctor to get an x-ray, right? Because that isn't, that's medical. I'm not going to put on some essential oils or, you know, um, check my acupressure points. I mean, I will to heal it, but I needed. Absolutely. So I just, I, I really feel um, it's important to, re, you know, it's not either or, Absolutely. it's both and. So where are we going with this? Um, 
I or into yeah into the modality that you have found. You know, you sure. I said you do do energy work. I'd love to hear more about yeah. that and how you work. So I I just have to touch one one more base of hearing the voice. My um, <laughs> I've become very familiar with this voice, by the way, and I do believe it's higher self um, or spirit. And um, I heard a voice, uh, I, I don't know, it was four or five years. Yeah, it was five years after being told I wasn't going to be here anymore. And it said, you're going to open a business. And I thought, what? <laughs> a business. But um, at that point, I had what's called um, quantum touch training. You might know it as healing hands. Um, and some people, it's not the same as Reiki. You might know the word Reiki. Um, but I trusted in that voice because I believed then that it knew what was best for me. And so um, my business is all about emotions and energy. So I'd like to talk about how our emotions have their own frequencies. Heather, I want you to think about someone who is really, really happy, like joyously happy, not fake happy, like, and it's momentary. We can't be in that state all the time, but think about that. What does it feel like? What do you, what kind of action do you see around them? I see people who are drawn to them. There's like a light around them. Yes. Yeah, they feel like sunshine, right? They feel just light and bubbly and there's a lot of movement usually with them, right? But then when we think about the opposite, think about someone who is full of shame and full of guilt. Um, what do we feel around them? Uncomfortableness, awkwardness. Um, for me, it's a sense of wanting to draw clear because I'm the empath, but also at the sense that I want to stay away because I'm the empath and there's something going on there that I, you know, that, that don't necessarily want to touch. Like, I sure. actually really want to help you, but. Eh. Sure. Well, <laughs> guilt and shame are really low vibrating frequencies. There's a frequency to every emotion. Joy is a high vibrating and it's very fast and very small particles. And guilt and shame are very large particles, very heavy. And you might notice that people are tending to like close down, be a little heavier. It feels like you're walking through mud around them a little bit. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So when I work with somebody, especially with the energy modality, because I am a certified life coach, what's as well as an energy healing practitioner, um, what is really beneficial is the combination of the two. So a lot of people have heard about life coaching and it's more goal oriented and helping turn your, your thoughts around and moving forward. But coupling that with the emotion code, which is identifying and releasing these emotions that are energy to whatever has happened to us in the past will always be part of our story, but it doesn't have to be part of our life now and in the future. Yeah, it doesn't need to be in the driver's seat. You can go sit in the back. That's right. I like that. I like that. So people will meet with me either in person or again um, on Zoom here. You know, Zoom is also very beneficial. Um, and 
the way that emotion code works and the way that we begin learning more about our energy and our emotions is um, through muscle testing. So do you use muscle testing, Heather, in your work? Uh, very little. I do mostly labs. Um, I wish I was a better at muscle testing. I wish I was a little bit more fluent at that. I have a, I have a pendulum that I, I will douse with, but yeah. Sure. Well, there's lots of different ways to get answers that are outside of, you know, um, traditional ways, um, but it doesn't make them any less beneficial. In fact, I believe they to be very beneficial. So yeah. muscle testing, if your audience isn't aware, um, who else would muscle test? Maybe a chiropractor, um, maybe a nutritionist, um, an energy healing practitioner. It's the idea that we're able to get past the conscious mind and into the subconscious mind. And that's where all of these, these emotions as energy are stored, kind of like your hard drive on your computer. The, the, the big, you know, we're hearing now out there all the time, oh, you triggered me, right? <laughs> that's so common to hear, but it, you know, people use it kind of like regular vocabulary, but we really can be energetically and emotionally triggered without knowing it because of these emotions that sit in our subconscious. How, how it works, we have our own emotions. There are absorbed emotions. That's what you're talking about being an empath. Um, there are projected emotions. We all know about people who project emotions onto <laughs> us, telling us that we're the bad person when they're the ones obviously dealing with it. We have prenatal emotions. While we're in our mother's womb, our moms had emotions. Who knew? But <laughs> um, it may not have anything to do with the baby itself. And we also have inherited emotions, which is fascinating. Have you heard the term epigenetics? Absolutely. Right. I mean, we can have changes in our DNA expression from traumas in our familial history. Absolutely. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. But we carry the emotions then into this life. Um, so if someone has inherited anger, there's typically a continuum. Either they are always angry like for no reason, they have no idea why they're just pissed off at the world or they, they are so anger averse that they can't deal at all. And what we do is we release the energy of it, of that inherited emotion, and it starts to begin to balance itself out. And so Will they be angry? Sure. When someone cuts them off in public, you know, in traffic, you know, but it doesn't have to be the rage that we might feel, you know. Um, it's really a simple process. Um, we identify it. Um, we uh, bring it to the, the conscious awareness. We talk about it a little bit, and then we release it um, through a little bit of energy work. That's awesome. Can you think of a time of a, a specific client in general, maybe one of your favorites that you know came to you and had this, 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 this and going on? And within this period of time, like what what's one of your most favorite stories to tell of, of, yeah, of sure. inspiration and hope? Yeah, sure. Um I'm thinking of um a woman who uh came to me and she had been in therapy for uh I would, I, I'm trying to remember, I don't want to misrepresent her, but 
a long time, 20 years on and off kind of thing. And she had just general malaise, couldn't figure it out. No matter what, you know, she had been doctoring, she had been, um, you know, trying all the things. And lovely woman and started, um, you know, first with a conversation. When you work with me, we start with a conversation. What's going on? Um, how, you know, uh, and then what would you like to get out of this? Uh, and then we talk about some energetic tools you can use and we start digging in with this muscle testing and it can be done over Zoom, like I said, or in person. And um, we identified uh, emotions that were very much attached to um, having herself been sexually abused as a child. And as we began releasing them, she was able to touch base with emotions that she hadn't felt. Um, and one of the things we do is establish safety. And some people have, you know, buried their emotions their whole life, don't wanna cry, don't wanna feel them. But when we're doing this work, it is such a release to let yourself feel. And we, we had, a, a, around three sessions, if I'm remembering right. And she stated to me, she got more out of one session than in 20 years of therapy okay. and more out of three sessions than she's had with everything combined. Um, and she literally walked away, restarted her life and, you know, is really doing well. That's incredible. I tell people that all the time in my own practice, like look at toddlers, right? Like toddlers have got, you know, if they've been raised still healthy to feel, to be okay to feel, right? Mm -hmm. Someone takes their toy, they get pissed off. They have a temper tantrum meltdown. They feel all their feelings. And then within two minutes later, they're back to playing with that friend again, like nothing ever happened. Absolutely. That's, that's where as adults that we get stuck is because we shove, 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 can't feel, don't feel, especially women in in a professional work environment like I had so many sales jobs where something my boss or something would sting and and not feeling it in the moment because afraid of like losing my job or, or sure being the only girl on the sales team right I had to butch up and had to be had to be one of the guys right and I couldn't show my feelings because then that that showed weakness so for the longest time I ran so much masculine energy and completely did not was not in touch with my emotions in any way shape or form and then it it felt like all I did when I started doing a lot of this work was I felt like I cried for like 3 freaking years straight like I was at one point I'm like when does it stop and they're like well how long have you been shoving these feelings I'm like like 20 years 30 years and they're like well you know I got to cry for 20 years but you definitely you know got there's still a little bit more of that bottom of the well that you got to feel before you can move on. But it, it has been absolutely amazing. I'm not as reactive, uh, especially on the road, because the road was what got me the worst. I was the <laughs> right. Too, right. So when you put right. 700 miles on your car every week in, in I-25 traffic, like that's maddening. And so you, it was like a, a ticking time bomb, right? This person who wasn't feeling her feelings. And then you put her on a highway 24 seven, like my kid at times was like literally like deathly afraid to travel with mm. me and, and thank God I've gotten that under control. I don't, I don't have those issues anymore. Oh, that's good. But yeah. There's definitely, definitely magic in feeling those feelings. Well, and it can help the physical condition as well. Um, just, you know, the, the woman who I spoke about 
had malaise, right? And the doctors are like, well, you're probably depressed, blah, 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 blah. Um, not that she wasn't depressed, but she carried so much heavy energetic energy because mm. of the, you know, what we tapped into and discovered. Um, and she had the memories just flood back. It takes a lot of energy to keep the floodgates closed. Mm. And once we open them up, we free up the potential is amazing because we free up all the energy that we were jamming stuff down. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to, you know, if you work with me, all of a sudden you're going to be crying all the time. That's not what it means, you know, but it also means that, um, you know, again, it's the holistic, you know, part of this. Yes, it's the emotional part, but you're also going to be asked things like how much water are you drinking? What are you consuming? And I know you deal with the food, but what kind of media are you consuming? What are you reading? You know, what are you watching? How much are you reading and watching and scrolling? Um, how much are you moving? Are you getting outside? Um, and what's your sleep like? What? Oh, definitely. And um, another big uh, uh, piece of working with me is energetic hygiene. You mentioned being an empath. Well, some people have no idea that there's things you can do about that. Um, there's shielding. There's you know certain things that you can do to clear yourself. And so there's also the ability to work with me with that. Ooh, so can you give us a little example? Can you show us one little nugget of like, what can an empath do to kind of help protect themselves? Yeah, sure. So the, the shielding that I teach is much more um, uh, comprehensive than this. But if, if you want to start shielding, the idea is that you make sure you ground yourself. So this isn't in the moment of you're having an argument with your husband and you're like, you don't want to feel him anymore. So you just all of a sudden just <laughs> put your bubble up. Doesn't work that way. Shut this, is, yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, do some deep breathing. Maybe you've meditated, those kind of things. But you sense or feel, imagine uh, in your mind's eye, whatever you want to do, a golden bubble coming up from the earth underneath your feet and encapsulating you inside. Now, if you're old enough, I'm not sure you know who your audience is, they'll remember Glinda the Good Witch in, oh. uh, in The Wizard of Oz. She came in on a bubble, right? You know, put your Glinda the Good Witch bubble on and then you tell the bubble what you want it to do. And that's called programming it. And we want everything that's on the inside to get out because we don't want to stew in our own juices. And we want anything that doesn't feel great to stop outside the bubble and drop down into the earth. And love always gets through both ways. That is the simplest way to shield yourself because then we're giving ourselves space to feel our own things. We're pushing, how many, uh, have you walked into a room and all, or even like a shopping center and it's like, oh, I can't breathe, there's just too much here, right? Well, if we have our own bubble, it's our own personal space capsule, right? So we aren't feeling just that thickness anymore. We're not constantly getting pinged with who's feeling what, who's feeling what. Who's sucking all the air out of the room? <laughs> so that's just one simple way is imagining that, you know, golden bubble coming up and around and then telling the bubble what you want it to do. I love it. Glenda, the good witch bubble. I love it. I love it. I love it. And yet when I was asking about tell your favorite story, I mean, you are your favorite story. Like that's, that's some pretty huge, heavy stuff right there. Freaking being told that you don't have much time to live and you've got these kids like, ah, right. 
that's wow that's impressive and and I look at you now do you have do you have grandchildren no my my children are all grown and um none of them have chosen the child path yet so or if they do um but no I spend I'm full-time in my in my business um the pandemic has you know modified a few things but still partnering and going on um I love doing what I do because I know the value of it and I would say a, a, a small amount of people come to me at, in desperation. Um, I would say a good majority of the people are, um, you know, really hurting. Um, I, and I do have some people who just see me on a regular basis for maintenance, right? Mm, um, absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's so much magic, but not in a woo-woo kind of way. There's science behind all of this. And once we tap into this energy component of ourselves, so many things make sense. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell us how, I'm gonna have you, I'll put all the links and stuff in the, the, the copy as well, but tell us how someone can get a hold of you, where they can find you. Sure, my website is quantumbalanceerie.com. Um, and I offer to anyone a free 20 minute uh, Zoom consultation where we can talk about what's up with you and um, also if what you're looking for and what I offer match. Um, and then I offer package deals where uh, working with me in sets of three or six um, give you a little bit more financial uh, benefit. And most people uh, work with me only six times at the most three to six times and there's great benefit. And I've heard it again and again, just how much you know benefit people receive in just a few times being with me. Oh, absolutely. And I might have to give you a holler because when you said the word maintenance, that's something, you know, I'm always doing, you know, big work all the time, but there's always a, a maintenance component that if I get too far out there, especially energetically, you know, I, I used to do a lot of body work and a lot of Enrique and stuff like that. And that would kind of help keep me grounded and help keep me centered. But this world is so crazy anymore these days. And it's, you know, and, and the, the type of the folks that I work with have been so sick for so long that, you know, I really have to be on guard when it comes to taking care of myself. You know, I, I just got uh, COVID a couple of weeks ago and I've been still fighting it. And it's, uh, but I know, I knew I was letting myself get too stressed out. I hadn't been doing a lot of the self-care that I, I should be doing to, to do this maintenance, right? To continue to give to my clients the way I need to. And so, um, yeah, the maintenance piece, that sounds, that's fascinating to me. So I look forward to giving you a holler and learning a little bit more about how that's going to work. Great. I look forward to working with you. Lois, thank you again. My first ever podcast client, uh, uh, talk show guest here you did absolutely amazing like I had no idea because when we had spoken just a little bit before on our you know getting to know each other I had I knew you had a story within you but when, when you went in deeper I, I had no idea that was there that was just incredible and uh, I too actually moved to Colorado to become a, a, a veterinary student um, so love the the animal connection in there too do you have sure. any pets Oh, I have, uh, my husband and I have one calico cat. She is quite elderly. She's 18 oh, wow. and uh, she's a healer cat. I mean, she knows when, you know, things are off. 
she wants to be with me all the time. I'm surprised she didn't show up for the show here. Uh, I know, my <laughs> didn't show up either. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, my husband and I will be married 39 years next week. Whoa, and congratulations. So, thank you. Holy and, cow. Yeah, learning how to, you know, navigate a marriage too, like it's, it's, all about learning about ourselves, learning um, our emotional intelligence, learning how our energies mix and match and pound off of each other sometimes. Um, but I, I just appreciate the ability to help people who feel that there's nowhere to go. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Lois. I really appreciate the time you've given us today. And I sure hope that anybody who's listening to this really gets the full understanding of like what it is that you can do for him and just what an awesome healer you are. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Have a great rest of you guys' day. Thank you. Oops.